Hello, and welcome to another edition of Mugshots, the podcast where we paint a portrait of a leading figure in the news and explore how they got where they are today, what makes their engines roar, and where are they going. This week, we're looking at Ron DeSantis, who, in less than two years' time, could well replace Joe Biden as President of the United States. He's only 44, pretty young these days for American politics, and was re-elected as governor of Florida on a much-increased vote last autumn, one of the few good results for the Republicans in the midterm elections. If Donald Trump is to be stopped in his ambitions to return to Washington, then DeSantis may well be the man to do it. And then he has to stop Joe Biden, now 80 and the oldest US president in history, stop Joe Biden from achieving a second term. Governor DeSantis hasn't actually announced he's running, but when he was re-elected in November, he seemed thrilled when his supporters chanted, Two more years! suggesting DeSantis should spend just another two years running Florida before taking over the White House. Later, I'll be joined in the podcast by Ryan Wiggins, the chief of staff of the Lincoln Project, an organisation established four years ago for disgruntled, centrist, former Republicans. She's from Florida and has played an active role in political affairs at state level. Also joining me from Florida in this episode are Peter Feynman, a lawyer who represents Florida on the Republican National Committee, and Professor Michael Binder from the Public Opinion Research Lab at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. Gentlemen, I was asked this question. I'll ask Peter Feynman first. Can you sum up Ron DeSantis for me, please, in in three adjectives? Yes, I would say number one, brilliant. Number two, fearless. Number three, politically savvy. And Michael Binder, what are your three adjectives? I would say calculating. I would say short-tempered and ideological. Now, Peter Feynman, you know Ron DeSantis well. Is he short-tempered and calculating, as uh, Michael Binder says? I would respectfully uh, disagree with Mr. Binder. What I think comes across as short-tempered is that he does not suffer fools very well. So if he feels that somebody is not keeping up with him intellectually or otherwise, he moves on rather quickly. And that can appear to be abrupt or that sort of thing. Now, Ronald Dion DeSantis or DeSantis, as he himself sometimes pronounces it, with curious inconsistency. He was born on the 14th of September 1978 in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's worth noting that whilst Florida is the third most populated state in the USA these days, for some strange reason, nobody born in Florida has ever served as president or vice president or even been a candidate for either of the two big parties. Even Vermont has had two presidents. Florida, none. All of Ron DeSantis' grandparents were born in Italy. Indeed, an Italian-American would be another first as US president. But otherwise, DeSantis has a pretty conventional background for an aspiring occupant of the White House. His is the story, if you like, 
of the all-American boy. He comes from a middle-income, blue-collar family. His father installed TV ratings boxes, while his mother was a nurse. Ron was clever enough to get to Yale, where he captained the baseball team. Then he went to Harvard Law School before serving in the US Navy, with a spell in Afghanistan. He was elected as a congressman ten years ago, before narrowly winning the governorship of Florida in 2018. For several years, DeSantis was a loyal supporter of Donald Trump, even cringe-makingly so, such as in 2018, when running for governor, and he put out this pro-Trump campaign ad presented by his wife, Casey, and involving all their three young children. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He's teaching Madison to talk. Make America great again. People say Ron's all Trump, but he is so much more. How come Ron DeSantis has now performed an extreme U-turn and is challenging the man whom only five years ago he seemed to worship? I think what happened, and I think you can draw a, a pretty clear line to a lot of DeSantis' policies, you know, during the pandemic, I think it became clear to him that Donald Trump may not get reelected. And if he didn't get reelected, suddenly there was a wide open avenue for the presidency in 2024. And listen, as we all know in politics, at some point it comes to a primary, you know, you're going to go against other Republicans. And I think he views this as his opportunity. And and why wouldn't he, right? He's coming off a, a big win in a state of Florida. He sees an opportunity against an aging Democratic president who, you know, if you put them next to each other, is a big contrast for the average, the average American to see. Uh, this is a really good opportunity. And sometimes if you wait, the opportunity never comes. And so I don't blame him for, for giving it a go. And yeah, guess what? If you want to be the man, sometimes you got to beat the man. And that might be the case this time around. Peter, was there a political parting of the ways? Was there some incident or some policy that uh, now divides them? Because it seems to me from this side of the Atlantic, their policies are astonishingly similar. There's really been no political parting of the ways in terms of their policies to any great degree. You're always going to have minor differences, uh, whether it be Ukraine or something like that. But in terms of overall policy, in terms of the issues that are important to Republican voters, which are freedom, less government involvement in people's lives, um, economic issues, solid borders, <laughs> uh, of which Mr. Trump is the original champion, um, all those are, are, they're in alignment on that. Where they're going to part uh, is going to be on the pandemic, because I've already heard uh, Mr. DeSantis talk about things like, I would have fired Mr. Fauci early on. Um, I would not have allowed the lockdowns to have gone on. I would have used my state as an example and uh, there, I think that's where there's a weakness on the part of Mr. Trump that Mr. DeSantis can can go at. 
I don't know that if you look back at history at what DeSantis actually did, right? He closed beaches in Florida. He shut down bars in Florida. Now, did it go on as long as states like New York and California and New Jersey? No. But all those things were done. And DeSantis was one of the biggest providers of vaccines to seniors in the early days of the pandemic is anybody. Uh, he made great efforts to, to get it out there to, to his base of voters. Uh, so I'm not sure that I would I would point to the the pandemic policies as as huge distinctions between the two. Peter, what appeals to you about DeSantis? Why why have you given up on Trump and gone to DeSantis? What what's the why? Now, that's a, actually a good question. But first, I have to say that as the national community man, I must remain neutral, and right. I must show neutrality both uh, in in public and in my speaking events because of my position. However, uh, with that said, I can say that what makes uh, DeSantis so attractive is he's like Donald Trump 2.0. He has the same aggression, same uh, fighting spirit, but he's a little bit less rough around the edges. So he's like the 2.0 version. You have the original version, and now it's somewhat more refined. And I think it's shown in this, Neil, when he speaks to a reporter and the reporter is saying things that he believes to be false or a false narrative or a false premise, he can disagree with the reporter and kind of put down that reporter without personally demeaning that journalist. Whereas on the other hand, uh, Mr. Trump, he says the same things, but then it comes across as pretty personally demeaning to the person, to the journalist that he's speaking to. And that can be off-putting. Ryan Wiggins of the Lincoln Project of Disaffected Republicans hates Donald Trump, yet remarkably, she thinks Ron DeSantis is even more worrying. I think that what scares me about Ron DeSantis is he is Trump on steroids. So you see Ron DeSantis taking things even further than um, than Trump did in a lot of different areas. And that is that's what's so scary is that he is married, where Donald Trump is married to a former supermodel. Ron DeSantis is married to a political operative. She knows how to play this game. She was a public um, affairs kind of person. She used to be a newscaster in a Florida media market. And so she is guiding him. And that is what's truly scary is because Ron DeSantis is not the brightest bulb in the box. He is, I mean, there was a news article that came out this past week about him eating pudding with his fingers. He has no cooth. He has no manners. And that way, he's very much like Trump. But he has a wife who is beautiful and has a a goal to one day be the Republican answer to Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And that's so she is driving this train. It's his wife. And she's very, very good at it. So you prefer, I mean, you're not going to vote for either Trump or DeSantis by the sound of it. But you prefer Trump to win the Republican nomination rather than DeSantis, would you? I would prefer America getting back to where we were. I don't like either one of these candidates. I find it atrocious that we're seeing America slide into fascism. You know, once upon a time, my grandfather fought at 
in Normandy. He fought the fascists. He fought the Nazis. And to to see this making a march in our own country right now is just it's disheartening and scary in ways that I can't even put words to. I mean, this is why I left the Republican Party is that you know this is not my America. This is not pro-democracy or pro-freedom. And that's the biggest thing you're seeing with Ron DeSantis in his home state right now is, I mean, he's taking on major corporations. He's taken on Walt Disney World. He's taken on, you know, tech companies, and he's trying to control how they do business. And that's just, that's not how free market works. That's not how democracy works. And um, it's very, it's a very scary thing to watch. But is it, I mean, shouldn't you use the word fascist uh, sparingly. What is actually fascist about Ron DeSantis? You may not like his policies, but surely to say they're fascist and compare them to people like Mussolini and Hitler, Hitler and Franco is going a bit far. Well, I mean, what we're seeing in Florida is that he is refusing to denounce anti-Semitism. Um, he is encouraging these the white supremacist organizations. He is taking away rights of people of color, of people who may be LGBTQ, people who are different than him. He is pushing a Christian nationalist agenda. I don't think saying that he is fascist is a stretch in anybody's imagination. I think that this is absolutely something you should use sparingly. It's always been something that I've hated when people have compared politicians to Hitler because there is no one like Hitler. But as someone reminded me not too long ago, there was no one like Hitler before Hitler was Hitler either. The 2024 general election will make history, not least because it's the first one a prime minister looks like he's actively trying to lose. Stay on top of the vote and cut through the nonsense with Oh God, What Now? The original No Bullshit Politics podcast with me, Dorian Linsky, plus top journalists, comedians and commentators. Twice a week, we follow Richie Sunak's doom spiral, keep a critical eye on Keir Starmer's progress, look at the big issues that will shape the vote and have a desperately needed laugh as well. We're proudly independent, so we don't have to stick to fake balance or give a weak both sides take on any issue. We can call it all as we see it, and we can swear too. So if you're looking for election coverage that captures how people really feel, try Oh God, What Now? High quality analysis, brilliant conversation and jokes twice a week with extra special editions in the run up to the election too. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. So how would a President DeSantis differ in his foreign policy from Presidents Biden or Trump? A big area might well be on Ukraine, where not long ago DeSantis described the war as a territorial dispute. That can't have gone down well in Kyiv or in the Biden White House. Where exactly, Peter, does uh, Ron DeSantis stand on Ukraine. I'm hesitant to speak for Mr. DeSantis on his foreign policy because I'm not on uh, I'm not on the inside of his campaign policy team. So I will comment, though, however, on what I've heard him say, and I think he is very sensitive to America's continuing involvement in foreign wars, whether it be Iraq, Afghanistan, having been there himself having seen how we did not accomplish what we set out to accomplish back in 2002 and 20 years later, we're no different for it having spent 
uh, billions. So I think he's very sensitive to that, and he wants to avoid something like that uh, in a land war in Europe. However, with that said, he's very sensitive to China and China's aggression um, in Asia, in, in that part of the world. Uh, he's a big supporter of Taiwan, and I think he perceives China as a bigger threat. And so I don't think he would be as dovish uh, with regard to China as he might be with uh, Russia's involvement in, in Ukraine. You know, China has the largest navy in the world now. They've been very aggressive in their conduct toward Taiwan. There is a plan to invade uh, Taiwan. The question is when. And uh, if we show weakness there, it'll be sooner rather than later. And that's not a good thing. Here's Ryan Wiggins again. Ron DeSantis is a populist. You know, he's going to put his finger in the air and see which way the wind is blowing. And that is how he's going to go. And so when he realized he was getting some blowback on his comments about Ukraine, he has come out and, and started, you know, bashing Putin. Well, that was just something that he wasn't doing a week ago. A week ago, he was, you know, pro-Putin. It's just... The what you will see from a DeSantis on a foreign policy would be closer to what you saw from Trump. It would be America first. It would be anti-immigration. It would be, you know, American priorities, American. And it doesn't matter who it hurts. And I just I don't believe that you can operate like that. I mean, we need our allies. And um, Trump had a very bad habit of distancing us from our allies when he was pregnant and, and endearing us to our enemies. And I think that you would see Ron DeSantis do a very similar thing. Not for many decades has a presidential candidate faced the formidable task of trying to defeat one man who's already been president, and then another who is president. First Trump in this case, of course, and then Joe Biden. Supporters point to his striking success, though, in winning a second term as Florida governor last autumn. On the other hand, and I've never seen him in the flesh, but observing him on video, he does seem to lack warmth and charisma and not to enjoy meeting ordinary people. Trump is a very effective campaigner. Is uh, Ron DeSantis in Trump's league, or is he actually superior in some ways as a campaigner? Well, I think there's two different types of campaigning, right? There's the behind the scenes, getting the big money donors on your side. There's the behind the scenes, meeting the precinct captains in Iowa and the party committee men in Florida and Iowa and New Hampshire. There's that kind of campaigning that doesn't get the headlines, but is probably more important than the glad handing and baby kissing. That being said, Trump loves, I mean, you put him on a stage next to and in front of people, he can go all day. It energizes him. He, there's nowhere else he'd rather be. And that shines through. That is not Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is not that kind of guy. And this is something I've been saying for a long time now. I don't know how he's going to hold up going to Iowa State fairs and, and eating pie and doing all those things that all these candidates have to do. That's not his strong suit. Uh, and, and I don't know how he's going to come across there. How do you think he'll be as a campaigner, Peter? I think Professor Binder makes some good points. There is no better retail politician than Donald Trump in terms of uh, exciting the base and, and bringing people in to vote for him that traditionally have not been participants in the system. 
because they felt uh, either disenfranchised or, as Trump would say, forgotten. There's nobody that resonates with those folks better than Donald Trump. Um, what Ron has going for him is that when I travel around the country and I wear my Keep Florida Free hat on at airports, and whether it be in Tennessee or Texas or Charlotte, North Carolina or Atlanta, Georgia, I have just dozens and dozens of people coming up to me saying, we love your governor. We love your governor. He's just as good as Trump and maybe even better because he's not as rough around the edges and he's actually likable. That's a huge factor out there that you can't measure. Ryan Wiggins believes DeSantis will be poor when he gets out there on the stump and that this will be part of his undoing. He does not know how to shake the hands and kiss the babies and do the retail politics side of politics. And that that has all come out this week that makes him kind of a dud of a candidate. I mean, he's he in the same way that Hillary was had a very hard time relating to people. That is one thing that I hate to say it. But Donald Trump was very, very good at is connecting to people. Donald Trump is a showman. He is really good at keeping people entertained for better or for worse. Ron DeSantis is fairly boring one-on-one. He doesn't know how to do those things. He doesn't know how to fire people up. He's never had a real campaign he's had to run. Every campaign he's had has been fairly easy. His own party doesn't really like it. When he's going to these different um, places trying to run basically a shadow presidential campaign right now, you know, he is he's there, but he's being incredibly high maintenance and he's upsetting the local parties in those places because of the things that he is wanting and he is requesting are just out of the realms of what a typical candidate would request from really small parties throughout the country. So it's it's going to be very interesting watching him try to navigate this national spotlight and the national press when he's used to dealing with people that he can put in a box. He can't put the national press in a box. And this week, they have decided to start eating him alive. And it's been wonderful to watch. Does what's going on in the American election scare and bemuse you in equal measure? Want to know what Biden and Trump are up to without tearing your hair out? Then you need to listen to American Friction, the brand new podcast about the countdown to the big vote in November from the makers of Oh God, What Now, The Bunker and Paper Cuts. Every Friday, we'll speak to leading experts and blockbuster commentators from the United States to explain the latest news and the big issues behind the vote. That's American Friction with me, Jacob Jarvis. Me, Chris Jones. And me, Nikki McCann Ramirez. Out every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows that Ron DeSantis will run for the presidency. All his behaviour and recent deeds are pointing in that direction. But he's plainly biding his time. So when's he going to declare then? Well, I have it on pretty good authority that it's going to be um, in late May, early June. Yeah, there's a couple of things that have to happen in, in Tallahassee before he can declare. Under existing Florida law, DeSantis could only run for president or any other federal office if he gave up being governor. The so-called resign to run law. That would be quite a sacrifice if his presidential campaign were to flop. 
But getting the predominantly Republican legislators in his state capital, Tallahassee, to change the law isn't likely to be a problem. In the meantime, DeSantis has been visiting early Republican primary states, such as Iowa and Nevada and soon New Hampshire, officially to promote his new book, not to campaign for the presidency. Of course not. And winning some or all of those states will be crucial for DeSantis to keep up his momentum against Trump and any other contenders. And is there also an element, Peter, of not wanting to, uh, uh, you know, the, the front runner often falls by the wayside. He doesn't want to announce too early for that reason. Yes. And also right now our Florida legislature is in session and we're only in session for 60 days a year. So it would be very unseemly for him to declare while the Florida legislature is doing the business of the state. He has to pay attention to what's going on in the legislature. And really, I don't think politically can do anything until after the legislature's what they call signy dies or signs off uh, for this year. Peter Feynman there, Florida's man on the Republican National Committee. My thanks to him and to Professor Michael Binder of North Florida University and to Ryan Wiggins of The Lincoln Project, all of whom joined this podcast from across the Atlantic. So, according to Peter Feynman, we may get confirmation that Ron DeSantis is running in about two months' time. And what a battle will follow. DeSantis versus Trump. And the former president is already denouncing the young pretender as desanctimonious in his typical Trump way. And fights between former allies, of course, are often the most bitter and nasty. But while 2024 is probably Donald Trump's last chance, DeSantis has plenty of time to run for the top job again and again. I'll be back in a week's time with another edition of Mugshots. Meanwhile, if you can't wait until then, why not listen to our previous episodes on Paul Dacre, Angela Rayner, Jurgen Klopp, Vladimir Putin and Kemi Badenoch. Wherever it is, you get your podcasts. Until next week... Goodbye. Mugshots was produced and presented by Michael Crick with Neil Fern and me, Alex Reese. The group editor for Podmasters is Andrew Harrison. Mugshots is a Podmasters production. <laughs>